Are you allowed to? All right, ready? Hey. Three, two, one, sink. sink. <laughs> oh, do we have to all say sink? Yeah, we say sink. So uh, yeah. maybe didn't expl- <laughs> you I probably should explain, explain that part first. Yeah. I- <laughs> all right, look. <laughs> you know, sometimes uh, communication is key here. Yeah, you're right. Oh, okay. he did. He did explain it to his credit. He got. He had a crack. He had a. Uh, I had a crack at explaining it. <laughs> we should. We should leave all of this in. All right, right. And we'll just do the <laughs> countdown again. All right. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one, sink. <laughs> that should, you know what? On the reside feed account, someone should change the name to that. Like, uh, oh, what's, yeah, that's yeah, a great. What, what is the actual pattern. name on the reside feed account? I think it's just reside feet. Yeah, that's disappointing. It's kind of funny that it's like at reside feet name reside feet bio reside have nice feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, there is something nice about the simplicity of it though. Uh, if you kind of like overcook the meme a bit, which to, to be fair. I suppose, I suppose, uh, reside feet does to a certain extent. <laughs> what do you mean if we overcook the meme? <laughs> We've got it in the, the oven. We've got to sit to 240. About? We're just going to cook the fucking, <laughs> the fuck out of it. I guess, I guess to be fair, um, uh, doing any sort of like meme page as a band is already kind of overdoing it. Yeah. I wouldn't even call this a meme page though. It's literally just photos of our feet. And also considering <laughs> the fact that we didn't actually make the the account ourselves. Like it was that's we true. inherited it, of course, but like we we didn't create it. I think that's the best part about it. Mm. I think that's a great way to jump in. Yeah. I think absolutely. this is a great entrance point. Absolutely. So how we doing everybody? This is uh this is the Pretty Good Thanks podcast. And I am your host, Liam, and as always, with me I have Dylan. How you doing? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. Thank you. And um, <laughs> tonight's very- It's still ex- funny. It's still funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're actually joined with- a th- We have a third tonight, which I'm actually really pleased about. I've enjoyed our little duo chats, but uh, I think we all need a little bit of Ariel. So uh, say hello, Ariel. How you doing? I've enjoyed- uh, Good evening, everybody. <laughs> very happy to be here. I've enjoyed our chats, Dylan. Dylan, I've enjoyed our chats, but frankly, I need someone else in this fucking podcast with me or I'm going to blow my brains out. <laughs> I'm so sick of hearing your voice. There's something about the three-person dynamic. Like, okay, so this week we've been doing a few interviews. Me and Dylan have gotten together and they're for, like, a few different podcasts. And, like, have you not noticed a difference between when it's just you and I talking one-on-one versus, like, those group environments where we can all just bounce off each other? I do be loving that group environment, but there's a, there was also a little part of me that was kind of feeling some remorse because I was like... It just got to the point I got the sillies and I started like riffing off everyone and I was like, man, I've just kind of taken over this podcast. <laughs> but also you, t- you you were telling me how like we kind of wanted to make it so we were like we were going to make this like a really fun show for people like if they went to tune in. You've always got like that's my philosophy. If I'm going to do anything, I mean, you know, I could not have fun, but I'd rather have fun. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a simple man in a lot of ways. <laughs> Ariel, how's your week been, man? How are you? Oh, gosh. Uh, tired, but... Yeah. You know what? Uh, there's a certain amount of rejuvenation you get from getting a chat with your buddies. 
that's exactly it. I, for those who, well, they won't know, this is like the first time you and I have probably spoken at length in weeks now, which is kind of I, sad considering we play in a band. Oh, and gosh, we should be yeah. We, we, we sort of got a chat in when, like, over some various band meetings, but otherwise, uh, I think that the, the only one-on-one I've gotten with you was a, a nice 10-minute chat when I dropped off your hard drive back yeah. in, like, July. yeah. I think we also spoke on the phone for probably about 40 minutes one time a few weeks ago as well. But other than that, like, it, it's, it feels like we should be, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just, it's nice now. It's like, it's given, it's mm. reminded me like, oh yeah, talking to friends. Like, I get so stuck in my own little like ISO bubble. Like, you know, I get to wake up and make it's- music and do all that sort of stuff. But, you know, I kind of forget that. Yeah, like this, it's just like, oh. It's genuinely so easy to get swept up in like the habit of being alone and- just thinking, oh, yeah, I don't really need to see people and you forget how energized. Like, I'm a very extroverted person and living here alone, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I get kind of stuck in my routines and I'm like, yeah, this is fine. This is fine. And then I see someone and it's like crack, man. As soon as I like, you know, if I go on a walk with, you know, my bubble buddy or if, uh, you know, for whatever reason I'm seeing a person, you know, my dad's dropping something off to me. I just get this mad energy and then I go back inside by myself and I immediately start coming down off it. I'm like, I need to see someone else. And that's when I start sporadically video calling friends, being like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just chilling out here by myself. This is fucking gross. We kind of call, call it the Labrador energy, is it? <laughs> yeah, the good mm. boy. The good boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's the fun the, energy that you got to be bringing. It's one of those surprising things that you, you would imagine that most people should feel almost uh, like that heavy craving to get that social interaction in these times. But instead, yeah, instead, I, I find myself drifting in the same way that you two do, like when you're not around people actively or I guess like by, by habit or just passive situational uh, things. By law. <laughs> well, yeah, in this case, uh, by, by law. Um, yeah, we, <laughs> we, we tend to drift into that isolationist bubble. Like you get, it's habit. It's like that phenomena of like, you know, we had the anxiety about like, you know, going into lockdown of like, oh, what am I going to do financially? And, you know, all the, you know, your responsibilities and all that sort of stuff. And now it's kind of flipped and now there's the anxiety of like things going back to normal. You know, Mm. we've kind of gotten used to like, and we've adapted to restrictions. I definitely had mad like anxiety when we were going back out from lockdown V1. Yeah. I was like, oh man, uh, you know, things are changing. I just kind of got used to things. Like, <gasps> and then, you know, like, fuck, we got locked down again. This is grouse. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> lockdown 2 is kind of in this warm blanket of familiar, you know, it, it's just. <laughs> yeah, so is depression though. So yeah, like- that's true. God. <laughs> I was actually thinking when we were talking about the people and the energy thing as well, sometimes when I'm like, you know, I'm in a bit of a spiral or a pit, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, I don't want to see anyone. I'm probably not going to be good company anyway. And someone just twists my arm into coming out. I go out and within five minutes, I'm like, how are you going, mate? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, it's, uh, it's so weird. What was I so scared of? Yeah, it's so weird to be you know i guess that's it's weird to have that sort of coming out of lockdown anxiety as well because it's like no things will be better like yeah you're just you're miserable but you're comfortable do you try to stubbornly uh stay angry or distance just because you feel like you're you're obliged to because you were feeling feeling like that before do, do you mean like do i like stay in bed out of spite and kind of like well i i suppose like consider the hypothetical um if you will, that we, we come out of lockdown <laughs> and you feel like there's a, you, you feel somewhat obliged to 
some sort of brevity or um or that that, that you're you're sort of obliged to have um yeah I guess, I guess like to not be quite as happy out of spite or or anything like that I, I i guess it's not it's not quite related to the isolation we're experiencing now and that want to hang out with your buddies but more so like when someone's as you said dylan twisted mm. your arm to get you to come out yeah oh do you so you feel like i feel some sort of obligation to have a good time no 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 no. where, where you feel initially the opposite. yeah the opposite you, you feel obliged yourself to stay angry to justify uh yeah, to like not wanting to come out not in wanting the first to come place. Out. Yeah, yeah. And, okay, and then, like, I'm with you now. And then you, you finish that like that half hour grace period of of kind of sulking, and then you're like, ah, f- fuck, like let's have some fun. <laughs> no, I don't really feel like I don't really. Once again, I don't feel like I'm that complicated of a man. Like I feel like that's a very profound sort of you know way to look at it. I think it's just like I'm sad, I feel sad, and then you know, or like you know, I'm feeling depressed, but then you know. When people come out and sort of like show me love anyway, it's kind of like, nah, it's nice. And then I, I think it does genuinely lift my mood. I don't feel like I have any obligation to feel like, you know, to continue feeling pitted and depressed. Mm-hmm. It's like, in fact, it's the opposite. It's like, you know, I'm around other people and I don't want to be the guy that's like, you know, just get a lot of this sad sack of shit, you know? I can't, you know, I want I want people to enjoy my company. It just kind of happens organically though. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. you know, like I don't think you go into it thinking like, oh, I'm going to be angry because these people have, gotten me out of my like burrow it's just sort of like oh it's the it's the phenomenon of like oh i'm with my buds and i have actually missed this deep down you know so it is actually a good thing that's another thing when i say twisted my arm that's like if really if i don't want to do something if i truly in my core don't want to do something i won't fucking do it so when i say (laughs) twisted my arm it's kind of like if you're like dylan have a beer and i'm like nah mate i'm a bit hungover you're like go on mate it'll be fun and i'll just start thinking to myself oh yeah it will be fun actually (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then you know i end up doing it because i want to do it but you know a little peer pressure helps you know always does teachers yeah. i reckon peer, peer pressure got such a shit rap in school i reckon it's all right yeah that and bullying <laughs> yeah <laughs> bullying all, makes the man it's all fucking character building mate <laughs> i guess if you if, if you really want to look at it the, the whole basis of of society is uh is technically peer pressure <laughs> yeah well watch it with the s word buddy watch <laughs> it with the s word sorry i forgot the power that holds over people <laughs> I'm not Todd Phillips, brother, and this is not Joker 2019. <laughs> <laughs> uh. We, uh, I actually, uh, I wanted to bring to the show uh, a question to you, Ariel, because oh. I think I, I think I brought up this to Dylan once before, but I, I wanted to ask you because it's because you you are in the band circles and and you sometimes get added by people like on social media. Um, mm-hmm. Do you, do you sometimes, uh, like not, you get added by somebody that you don't know and do you find that like you will know what band they're in just based by, based on their profile picture? No. And that's, um, that's why I guess that's like a, that's a thing with how I've considered my position in, um, like the scene or just like around yeah. other people in music around Melbourne is I'm, I'm a bit of an outsider, uh, socially. Um, yeah. So, like, when people add me, the scene was made for outsiders, man. You fit right <laughs> in. <laughs> that that might that might be so, but I <laughs> I fit in, and I do not I do not know anyone's names. I was such a nervous scene. Like, uh, well, uh, that might be so, but I- <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, in terms of oh, 
Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't know anyone by their profile pictures, honestly, let alone even just their names or sometimes when I click through to find out who they are, uh, they're bands. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that makes sense. And, and, like, I, I don't mean that in any in any like way to like say to look down my nose. It's literally I am I am learning and I'm trying <laughs> as much as I can, but things are a bit slow at the moment and I can't get to know people yeah. as quickly as yeah. I'd like to. Yeah. I fully feel that though. I've like Liam asked me this profile picture thing and I'm starting to think it might be a uniquely you thing, Liam. Yeah. Or like maybe not uniquely you, but to like a small fringe in the scene because like I'm with Ariel, not in that I feel like super like an outsider, but just like I don't know enough local bands to try and guess someone from their profile picture. And often because I don't know enough local bands, not that I'm like too good to know local bands, I'm just a piece of shit. <laughs> but you know, and then I'll see like what band they're in when they've added me, and I'm like, oh, don't know that band. But again, it's not you know, it's not some me looking down my nose thing. It's sure. just like, no, nah, I don't know these guys because I'm a piece of shit that doesn't look into local music. Uh, sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it is just like maybe it's just a thing that I've just found. It's just, it's just an observation I've made. It's just because, I, I think I I think I asked this just because I know that we did it as a band. We did like the individual press shot profile pictures. And so mm. it's something that I know, like lots of different. Ba- I I notice when bands do it, and so oh yeah, I think I'm. I think I get what you mean. Actually, I was kind of picturing just you know someone's got like a stage photo of them no, doing no, something. No, no, but no, you no, mean to- If a band is running a certain campaign, yeah, and you can spot from their profile picture, ah, oh, this photo belongs to that campaign. Yeah, that's that's, okay, that's something yeah. that I've I've I just I notice, and it might I might not even know the people, but I'll be like oh. They're from that band because that's that profile picture looks like a press shot that I've seen in my newsfeed. Yeah, true. I, I still haven't experienced that, but I reckon you should go around and ask every single person that even might remotely be copying like ads from random local musos and yeah. see just like what what the percentile is for people that have noticed this because it might just be you and you might be the only one. I'll ask every single guest we have on the show, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> No, but okay. Speaking of socially, then uh, I know that you guys have been playing uh, your online chess, and I wanted yeah, to yeah, bit of chess. I wanted to find out how that's been going and how often you guys have been playing that. Let me let me paint a word picture cool. for you about this game. So Ari and I, uh, you remember like back at the start of 2019, I started bringing that portable chessboard with me everywhere. Yeah, and uh, I bring it to every band prac and every band prac, or most nine out of ten. Ari and I would play a game of chess in, you know, our dinner break or whatever. And I started also bringing it to shows and we'd play like, you know, if we had time at a show. Um, and our sort of playing style beforehand was very much that we'd like, we'd set up our formations and kind of set up our separate attacks. And it was a very, it was almost like a very defensive style of play. Like, you know, we were putting things out there, but no one was really capturing. And then, uh, Lockdown, haven't been able to play. I downloaded this chess app. You just can't fucking survive out there unless you play like super aggressively, I found, especially against like the bots. Uh, You know, if you're playing against a computer for training, it just absolutely, there's no mercy. So I was like, all right, I've developed this more aggressive sort of playing style. And then Ari jumped back into it with me. (laughs) And the start of the game was very much just like, I was just taking fucking names he, I think he sweat a little bit and made a few silly mistakes. And then I made a few fatal mistakes <laughs> and the game turned around very quickly. No, it was- <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Ended in no? a draw. Yeah. Yeah. Like wow. it, it, like we, we ended up pretty much matched um, by the late game. 
That's the great thing about that app is that you can offer the draw option. Like you can, if you're just getting your fucking ass kicked and it's demoralizing, you can resign. But losing or resigning will take points away from the score system, which matches you up evenly with people at your skill set. Yeah. And so if you don't want to resign and you feel like the game's going towards a draw, you can offer a draw. And I've used this before in games where it's like, it just seems like we're trading the exact same pieces and it's probably just going to end in draw or a stalemate. I offer the draw. And I remember specifically one time offering the draw to this guy and I was like four points up in the exchange as well. So I was like ahead technically and he refused my draw and I was like, all right, fuck you. And I just abolished his, I completely demolished his pieces. And then I'm like 12 points up in the exchange. He's got no real significant pieces left and he starts offering me a draw. And I was like, fuck you, you dog. (laughs) Cop the... (laughs) Cop the check, mate, you fucking... <laughs> it's it's so actually it's been a while since I've looked at a lot of professional chess stuff, but I think that's that's actually legitimately very much part of the game. Like, the in, in terms draw of... Draw like, option? Yeah, the draw option. Uh, I guess when you're um when you're at that level where there's, an, where there's a points awarded per game, I actually don't know how professional chess is played. Um, but, but yeah, like there's, there's a certain amount of tact in using draws. Like sure. or, or offering a draw. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think this is like this. Uh, like I've never offered a draw in just casual play or anything like that. But I think this is kind of more to a uh, at least some sort of like tournament standard where you've got timers on each side as well, and so your moves are being timed. So you can even if you're up the exchange by like twelve points, if you run out of time, they win. Hmm. I have yeah, yeah. nothing to offer this com- to this conversation <laughs> at all. We've just was- completely dweebed out about chess. This is, no, this absolutely I should I should warn everybody this is going to be the nerdiest episode ever but it's in the best way possible so if you like dog shit it's going to be for you. <laughs> uh, have, have you um me and Dylan actually uh both downloaded Among Us this week. I don't know if you've actually played it yet, Ariel. I haven't. Um I yeah, it looks fun. It looks fun as hell, and I would definitely be keen to join it. It's like just one of those things where it's in order to have fun, like you either have to be happy to play it on your own, or you've got to be able to organize groups of friends for it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that that is yeah. always a pain in the ass to do. It's very much the game that like like someone suggested. Oh, you know, you should play Among Us. I was like, oh yeah, it's another one of those things where the more people tell me to do something because I'm a fucking idiot, the less likely I am to do it because I'm like, fuck yeah. you, I'll do what I want, and. Uh, everyone was like, yeah, play Among Us. I was like, oh, yeah, I might. And then Liam finally twisted my arm. He was like, let's play some Among Us. First game, I'm like, you know, I was really kicking and screaming into it. First game, I was like, fuck this bullshit. By the end of the <laughs> second game, I was I was like, okay, this is it addictive. <laughs> it's one of those games, too, that I honestly felt so bad being the imposter and being so dishonest to my friends that, like, <laughs> when I won as the imposter... By being so dishonest, I, like, deliberately just tried not to be so... Like, I tried not to lie as much as I did the previous time because I just felt so awful about it. Like, Mm. oh, these people that are supposed to trust me. And I'm just like, no, I was in this room doing this thing and that... (laughs) He's got a straight up, like, that's the game. That's the game. It is the game. You know I'm no stranger to just a harmless lie for a laugh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) But no, we we had a lot of fun playing it. Um, we've had to fucking join a Discord um, to play it with some people remotely, so we could do the voice chat thing. That's good though. Like-, like having, it's it's definitely why you want to play with people where you can audio chat with it. It adds a bit more personality to it. Yeah, and that's a game that obviously like requires it as well. Like having to mm. like as a function in the game, you have to discuss and vote 
you know, the people off the ship. So that was the thing, though. At first, we were just playing it like uh, in, you know, just in a group of four all in the same room. And yeah. And like when it came to the time where, you know, someone would report a dead body or something like that. No one would say anything. Everyone would just kind of vote on their own. And then we get into this discord with um, uh, with Marcus from the Comfort. Marcus from the Comfort, yeah. And his brother. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and yeah, they're playing it. And then someone hits like the emergency button or reports a dead body. And if they start discussing, they're like, all right, who reported it? Where were you? What happened? And we were like, oh, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> we that, like, immediately we felt so like- serious about it, man. It was, it was interesting. I, I wasn't expecting it because, yeah. We, we were just, like, very silent. And then they were, like, also, like, we were, like, talking during it. And they were, like, oh, keep the arguing to the, like, the discussion. Because <laughs> me and Ophelia <laughs> just having, like, our fake little tiff. We're going, oh, I was in this thing. Yeah, yeah it, was, like it was very funny. It was, like, it's one of those things, though, that, like, I was enjoying it. And then as soon as they leveled it up to make it more serious by, like, you know, having these interrogations, I was, like, oh, okay. It's not a game that I can kind of, like, like, with chess, I can just kind of, like, passively play it while I'm watching yeah. something in the background if I want. But like this game was like, nah, I need to like commit my entire rat brain capacity to, you know, <laughs> engaging in this. Another thing that happened this week was um You liked the rat brain comment, did ya? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Got a little chuckle over here. That's nice. <laughs> I I I feel I feel bad bringing this to like the show because like she's not here to defend herself, but <laughs> So Ophelia was making herself a smoothie this week. And um, Are you really just about to roast your girlfriend on the well, podcast? It's, it's, yeah, absolutely. Um, but <laughs> oh, thanks, Liam. I'm keen to, to roast Ophelia too. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so, you know when you're, like, you're putting like powders into like your smoothies and stuff like that, and like you've got like the silicon, like the pa- like the packets inside, you know, like oh, the, yeah, to stop yeah. it from yeah. Yeah, well, essentially, Ophelia, we found like a like a bit of plastic in one of her cups <laughs> after oh, she no. made a smoothie, and um, turns out that she uh she blended up the silicon. <laughs> Holy shit! In the Nutribullet. Oh, did, she, did she drink it? <laughs> no, I, I I went all parental and was like, I don't think you should drink that. I think we should probably get rid of that. Yeah, make yourself another smoothie. You know, I don't think you want to be drinking. <laughs> Damn. So no, this, this is not a roast of her. It was an honest mistake. But the the reason I brought it up is because I wanted to ask you guys if you guys had any stories to share about like any mishaps cooking or you know being in the kitchen. I once accidentally put the uh, you know the dried vegetables into a cup of chicken two minute noodles. <laughs> Tell you what, worst fucking that was that was I went parental on myself. I was like, you should probably throw that out, mate. That's no good. <laughs> That's probably not good, mate. <laughs> No, cooking mishaps. Um, fucking all the time, man. I'm always burning myself or like spilling. You know what? I have more mishaps washing the dishes actually because I'm just like, I wash like a madman. Fucking water goes everywhere. My shirt's soaked. I look like I've pissed my pants. All the tiles are wet. And because I'm just a lazy bastard, I'm usually wearing thongs in the little shared kitchen area that I have out there. Yeah. So as I walk away being like, maybe I should get a mop. I'm just kind of slipping like... <laughs> <laughs> you you also have taken on the art of like stacking dishes in like in a way that's just so precarious. It's because I like I saved them up here. I was like, I'll you know I'll cook out in the kitchen and then I'll come back because the kitchen area in my apartment building isn't like I don't have a kitchen in my apartment. I got to walk out to like a shared communal area, and so I walk out there. I'll cook my dinner. I'll come back in here and then I've eaten my dinner. You know. 
I don't want to have to fucking keep walking back and forth. It's such a, it's such a first world problem, but it shits me so much. <laughs> Anytime I need to eat or do a fucking dish, I got to walk back. I can't just do it in my apartment. I can't do it in my house. I got to walk out and then I see the other people in the apartment building and I give them the, you know, hey, yeah, mate, I'm doing dishes. You know, I give them the little head nod. I've never spoken a word, but fucking, oh, anyway. That's that, but that's why I end up stacking these dishes for a couple of days at a time, and then I wash them all in this massive hit, and there's one small dish tray out there, and I think, fuck, going back to the room to get a tea towel to dry these <laughs> bastards off. And so you just got to jangle it, and I think I heard someone earlier today fucking with the little stack that I made on Monday because it's just I just heard the like tumbling of ceramics, and I was like, he's, he's fucking with the stack, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ariel? Uh, I th- the best one I can think of is, well, there, there should be more stories from when I worked at Macca's, but uh, the, the only thing that's coming to mind is when I was about 10, I, uh, I wanted to heat up a curry yeah. puff in the microwave. And I think mum had told me like, oh, you know, you put it in for 10 minutes and that's, that's how much you put it in if it was the whole plate. And so I put in one for 10 minutes. <laughs> And like, it was like, oh, this is 10 minutes. I'll, I'll go off and do something. And like, like my parents aren't home. I'm like 10. So I'm probably yeah. playing video games or something. Um, and I think, I think I was hanging in my room with my little sister. I don't remember what. Yeah. And then we went to go and check on it. Cause it's like, well, you know, it's 10 minutes. You probably want to, you know, check on your food. And the whole, the whole kitchen to the living room was just like, just a dense cloud <laughs> of steam. And like this, the smoke alarm, the smoke yeah. alarm doesn't go off. Nothing. The, the microwave's going and it just the whole, the whole house or a good portion of it is filled with dense, yeah. smoky steam. And that curry puff was like dead black. <laughs> I don't think I've ever true. put anything in the microwave for longer than like three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't, um, you are you fill up the house with smoke that the smoke yeah. detector doesn't pick <laughs> up. Because it's all vapor. Yeah. yeah just to yeah, clear well, this up, I think it's acceptable to use the microwave for ten minutes or more, but you just gotta look at your portions, you know, not for one curry puff. <laughs> I look, I copped a lot of flack and to this day I do not understand what was going through my mind. <laughs> to be honest, that's that's a that's a pretty constant <laughs> thought when I dwell on any yeah. event in the past. <laughs> when yeah, when you're trying to get a good night's sleep and something in your brain just says, "Let's think about every time you've ever fucked up." <laughs> Anytime you put on promise everything in my basement. <laughs> uh, is that is that color me and kindness for you, Dylan? I can't remember which one it is. Color color me and kindness is the uh is my like. My sad basement album and promise everything is like my happy basement album. <laughs> All right, I've got I've got a bit of a cooking mishap for you actually, but it uh-huh. has no- nothing to do with hurting myself. The food actually turned out magnificent. Excellent. But uh, I think you guys might remember this actually. It was about it was probably about a year ago actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in my apartment. It's you know one thirty in the morning. I've had plenty of fresh air, so I'm feeling r- really nice. And I decide, hey, I'm gonna go cook a couple packs of me goring. So I take two out of the you know box that I've got sitting above my little mini fridge here. And I go out to the kitchen and I start boiling some water. And I think, you know what? I, I've really got the munchies. I'm going to get this third packet. And so I go and try to get a third packet out of my room. And I realized I fucking locked myself out of my apartment with nothing but my phone, the 
two noodle packets, this tub, and fucking, I'm just in a robe, butt naked <laughs> under the robe. And I'm like, shit, it's 1.30 in the morning. I can't call my parents, you know, and walk to their place. They'll be asleep. Uh, yeah, there's nothing I can do. I can't even drive away. My keys are in the house. So I decide, all right, I'm going to call this locksmith. Dude says it'll be 90 bucks for the call-out fee, probably 50 bucks to unlock the door. And I was like, all right, I'll budget like 150 bucks. That's like kind of like a safe area. So I wait there till three in the fucking morning, butt naked, in the cold, watching Frasier, eating these noodles that actually turned out all right. And this dude rocks up and he looks at my door and he's like, that's a security door. It'll be $300. And it's one of these instances where I swear to fucking Christ, it's like going to a mechanic where I know dick about cars and the dude gives me some quote when I say I'll bring my car and then he gives me twice that when I go to pick up the car and he's like, oh, mate, I had to fix this and that and this. And I'm like, you know what? I know you're full of shit and just taking advantage of my ignorance. But because I'm ignorant, I can't prove it. So <laughs> fine, I'll pay you. <laughs> but just no, I'm not happy about it. And this dude, because apparently it's a security door, 300 bucks. All he did was stick a wire under the door, fucking knock over my guitar in the process and pull the door open from the other side. And he's like, 300 bucks. I was like, <laughs> you fucking serious, bro? It was 300 bucks. But I gave it to him because I'm a chump. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad laughing at that. I do recall that happening. I, I, I don't re- I didn't remember the context, but I do remember you waiting till like three o'clock in the morning. I think we were doing something like days after that. Yeah, I think we had band prac the next night and I remember the next day because I slept in and my car was parked outside and for some fucking reason they don't let me have a permit because it's a retail area. So after eight in the morning you get timed. If you're there for more than an hour, parking ticket. I that, slept in because bu- I was up till three. That shit is bullshit. That fucking It is bullshit. Area. I slept in because I was up till three in the morning waiting to, you know, overpay the locksmith. And then I go down. I've slept in. Shit, parking ticket on my car. Later that day, because I'm pissed off and driving away, crunch my uh, back right brake light into like a pole. And I was just like, fuck this day. <laughs> this is, It's been the worst fucking 13 hours of my life. I know it was about, you know, one thirty in the morning, but um, I, I feel like you should have considered contacting me because if I may move to a, a similar story, uh, I locked the keys to my dad's office in the office about halfway through last year. <laughs> <laughs> Not so, pistols. So, oh, mate, Pistol Pete's, Pistol Pete's prized office. Uh, so my parents were overseas. So it's just, just me and whenever... I rarely ever saw my sister. She seemed to be always out of the house. So I think dad generally wanted me to keep that office locked, um, you know, because, you know, whatever, for whatever reasons. Um, So I generally just kept the door closed, but it's got a padlock on it or sorry, it's got a like a a proper like deadlock on it. Um, So I think I went in there, did some printing and then I left, locked the door. Uh, A few days later, uh, my sister asked like, ah, you know, I need to go do some printing in there. Do you have the key? No, you were the last person in there, of course, like yeah. deflecting the blame uh, as usual. And so we, we established that the keys are locked in there and it's like we go through the same the same call, Dylan, like we're like, how much is it going to take to get a locksmith on this a one? Lot. And it's like, oh, you know, $90 call out this. Da, 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 da. Um, what kind of lock is it? So it's a locksmith one. And it sounds like it sounds pretty new. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's pricey. <laughs> that's like the more expensive lock. There hey, you hear that is. sound? And yeah, so, the lock shouldn't make that sound. That's going to be an extra $90. <laughs> it's a $3,000 job, man. So, the decision... <laughs> so, for after a while of just, you know, trying to shimmy the lock or, like, 
stick things in there, bending the door frame. I decided that I would get in the roof and undo the undo the, okay. the heating vent. For the next part, Liam, this is just a note for you. In post for this part, you need to start putting the Mission Impossible theme behind what Ariel's saying. I'll, I'll, I'll Ariel, make some go. spy music. Okay. <laughs> Beauty. So, so I made the clear deduction that I would have left the keys on the desk. Uh, there were nowhere else where, where it should have been. In my mind, I couldn't really correlate exactly where the heating vent was relative to the desk, but I, I may... I kind of imagine that they should be sort of the heating vent should be directly above it so if i manage to open up the vent i should be able to drop something down to get the keys so mind you i haven't i haven't done heaps of exploring in the roof of the house before um uh, so i don't know it too well i decide to go up there and just scope it out and you know it's funny i think from where the manhole is into the roof to where the heating vent is in my in my dad's office i think it's about six meters when you get in the roof, and it's it's not particularly like, it was the middle of winter, so it shouldn't be that warm. But trying to get through the roof where you're constantly squatted down and trying to crawl through in between all the beams to get over there, making sure I'm not going to stick my foot through the fucking roof. Longest six metres of your life. It makes a cold winter. It, it really is. It really is. So... I made the first. I made the first attempt. I went and did. I did a test with a with a closer heating duct. I went over it to another one just to figure out how to undo it, you know, so I can have a stable testing area. It's pretty easy, and uh, I also made sure I could check how I could reattach it um, so that I couldn't, you know, could make yep. sure I left no evidence. Um, I make it over to Dad's office. Managed to like unhook everything and like push it in. I was kind of hoping that I'd be able to pull it back <laughs> into the roof somehow or, or just like get out of the way diamond but it heist. turns out the uh <laughs> dude the heating the heating duct heating ducts they've got some kind of like um uh plastic rings in them so that they hold their shape so you can't deform them to push them out of the way so i i push the the duct into the office because it's got the ring on it you can't you can't pull it back in without like fully disassembling the uh, the whole thing so that's that's kind of like a no-go there. I, I want to make yeah. sure I go through unnoticed. <laughs> and I try to push it in and then push it out of the way. And then I'm realizing like all I can get through this hole is my arm. <laughs> and like, and then I could just barely see into the office next to that. So the next like, you know what? Like legit, it, it didn't end up taking that long. The next two hours, it was only two hours that took to spend. I went, I went to the garage, found some like yellow tongue and then use some electrical tape together like a hook on the end of this and by the way I, I spot I could spot the keys I could see them on the desk I knew they were there I connect the um I connect the yellow tongue put a, put a hook on it and I then proceeded I went up a couple of times because I had to come down for a break and like reconfigure the hook on there to try and hook it off the desk and it was legit it, it went through the tumultu tumultuous ups and downs of what it's like in, in a movie when yeah. they're trying to like hook this hook a key <laughs> off a desk or a floor because it was on the desk it was of course it was kind of half sitting yeah. under something somehow as well it, it, it wasn't just clearly accessible it was also like at least a meter and a half offset from the from where the uh, yeah. from where the heating duct was so it also wasn't as simple as just dropping something down I just want to take down. a second to appreciate that but I went through the I just stage want to take of a like to appreciate that tumultuous is probably the biggest word we've had on this podcast yeah <laughs> I'll put a shout out a celebration sound effect here as well. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Tumultuous. 
<laughs> Do I get a plastic? I'll <laughs> get nothing yeah. and enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, but it, it legit. It, I, I went through the stages of like trying to like hook under it, trying to latch onto it, picking it up, and like accidentally. Oh my gosh! I've dragged this mm-hmm. across the table a little bit. Like if this gets, if this falls off the edge. I'm going to start having trouble like, yeah. picking it up off the floor because I don't really have enough length. And the yellow tongue I'm using, it's like it's really flexible. So, like, the further something is away, the less uh, the less fine control I have over it. So, like, I start moving it around, get it to the edge of the desk. I, I think I initially dragged something off over the top of it so that I could actually access, access it. And then it gets to the edge. I'm like, if I fuck this up, like, yeah. I'm not getting that key. And I, I drop it onto the floor, like, and I'm pulling it across onto the floor. But crazily enough, I think that ended up making it somewhat easier. I, by this point, I had to like fully stick my whole arm down to the shoulder through this heating de- duct. There's bits of dust and insulation falling yeah. into the office. <laughs> um, and meanwhile, so the other thing as well is the spacing of um of the of the roof joists. Uh, I think it's about 600 mil, which is an incredibly uh, uncomfortable spacing if you're trying to keep keep my knees on those joists and not put any weight on the on the plasterboard so like my thighs are just burning and killing me because I'm holding this one position and I'm trying not to like Tell breathe in all the dust thighs. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> thighs coming soon uh, <laughs> but finally finally uh, and you know what, actually I don't say finally I think it was actually honestly pretty procedural. <laughs> this like, whole thing sounds very procedural. I didn't have to rethink this plan too many times. I am somewhat proud of just how straightforward it was to do this. I didn't have to like go yeah. crazy, like trying to think multiple solutions. It it worked the first time. You know, after it would have been more tries. straightforward. Call on the locksmith. <laughs> yeah, if I had- <laughs> yeah, well, the reason I'm congratulative on myself for this is if they did have to call out and charge us like $200- based on, I guess, based on whatever I was earning at Coles at the time, the amount of time it took me to do it cost yeah. less. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Mm. That's fair. So, hooked that key up there, latched it back on, felt very yeah. accomplished and proud of that myself. Is, that is a very, that is a very big accomplishment. He's fucking MacGyver. <laughs> he is MacGyver. The one thing I, the one thing I forgot to do was like get my GoPro out <laughs> and like attach it to my head. Like if I'd known it was going to work <laughs> like that and that I was, like I was worried I was going to get ridiculously frustrated but if i'd known it was gonna work out mostly as i'd planned i would have tried that that is a pretty dope thing that's that actually directly segues into what i wanted to ask you about next which was like so you and i have like a history of like doing media classes and like you know like we have we have our like Mm. collectively the three of us have a very common interest in films and and how they're made and stuff like that what what was what was your background in like yeah, we've, we've you've always been known as the kid that has like the camera gear and has, mm. has always been very good at making films mm. and stuff. So, how what was your upbringing like? You know, and and getting and developing that passion for like films that you do have. Uh, this is this is pretty long winded, but um, we have time. I guess it started with my <laughs> oh, oh, beautiful, beautiful. Well, it started with my dad. Uh, dad was always into making films as well when he was younger. Um. And honestly, yeah, as, as like even even as an adult, he liked making films. Uh, so from a fairly young age, I was involved in some kind of filmmaking. So that the earliest kind of stuff that I remember, like mm-hmm. seeing video editing, 
was when we'd go on overseas trips, dad would record it all on like a, like an old analog video camcorder. And then he would create, I can't remember what he used to edit it. Oh no, my gosh. He used the, have you guys ever seen a, what a DV, DVD-R is? Like a DVD recorder, yeah, yeah, yeah. the actual, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a VHS player, but it's, it's a DVD player that's designed for yeah. recording video onto disc. So it has all the functions for burning. Now they have inbuilt functions for editing. Right. So what, what I remember watching dad do, like it'd be, it'd be a bleary Saturday morning. I'd be like eight years old. I think we'd, we'd come back from America um, and I remember watching him edit the videos. So, from memory, I don't think he could rearrange the clips, but he could sure. cut bits out. So, he'd import the whole video onto there and whatever limited space it had on the hard drive in that video player um, and then cut out bits of it. Then he'd go through some complicated process to add music to it. Um, and so that was like the first introduction I got, I guess I saw to video editing and seeing how incredibly wow. frustrating looking it was back on him. every family vacation you've ever seen on video and just hearing there's something unpredictable and <laughs> in the end it's no I think the, the the music he tended to use Craft for life. it was uh, I, the, 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 <laughs> <laughs> dad, oh, no, that's a fan of craft work um no, um, so, so when we were in New York, we visited um, F.A.O. Schwartz. Have you heard of that? Neg. It's, it's, it's a really famous toy store in, in New York. Um, and I think dad edited the footage uh, that he took inside of F.A.O. Schwartz to one of the, to, to some of the battle music from Star Trek 2. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was, it, it's actually kind of funny, like, it gives it a very because like this the soundtrack to films back then even Dylan you remember when we watched Star Trek despite despite it being a pretty serious film it is a fairly whimsical soundtrack with lots of like woodwind it's and fun. kind of more shrill sounding instruments yeah. yeah so it it does kind of fit the childlike wonder of this toy store because uh, I I should I guess I should like to describe like that toy store is like full of a lot of like animatronics and like big displays so it was it wasn't just like kind of cold sterile store shelves to put it in context no, so like, the, like the excitement kind of yeah yeah exactly it, I'm, there, there was I'm a bit of context i'm definitely not criticizing his choice of song it's just like a peculiar choice I, you know for me the go-to <laughs> for anything whimsical is like mr sandman bring me a dream <laughs> true true okay so that was the earliest i remember but i can't remember what the order would be beyond then um but there was two things that i did when i was younger so the first one was um I can't remember the, the, the proper original inception for this. And I'm going to stake a claim here that, that a lot of people think is kind of ridiculous. I've mentioned this to you guys before. So we used to, with my dad, my sister and I, we'd make, we'd make movies that included my sister's like beanie kids and a Barbies and brats and like my bionicles. And we make, mm. we make like silly random movies. Um, and then early on dad would edit it, but then he'd make me edit the food, the movies using like Pinnacle Studio back in like 2000, uh, like around about 2005. Exploiting the child labor is the best benefit of being a parent. Well, totally. <laughs> Especially when like back then, this is like the, basically the first years of YouTube. We had a video, we had a couple of videos that one video over a million views and several videos with sev with like hundreds of thousands of views that, that were based on like these movies we were making with like Barbies and Bratz toys. Um, I suppose it's like a precursor to like, 
you know how like all the, there's always those, all those like kids toy channels these days, which yeah. have absurd amounts of views. Yeah. We were, well, to, to say exploit. You're the pioneers. Is, just say it. You're or the pioneers. Even pioneers. <laughs> that would suggest there was anything deliberate about it. Um, I think it was just kind of circumstance <laughs> that, that that happened. And to, to be to be fully honest, it's, um I, I don't understand why we weren't more excited about it at the time. But yeah, yeah. We, we had we had a few videos up on YouTube that, that had a huge amount of views. It's just a real pity. I have no evidence for it. Um, I guess unless we could use the Wayback Machine to check it out. Um, but a dad, uh, because like he was applying for a, for another job at the time, uh, went and deleted all of it. Very early internet though. And it makes yeah. like, it makes a whole lot of sense as to, mm. you know, why it would have been popular. I mean, I yeah. like, not that I, there was something, thing, this things that I'd upload, but, um, you know, I, I remember making similar sort of things with like my toys, like in a, you yeah. know, digital camera and, you know, making like music videos with them and stuff like that, you know? So yeah, exactly. I definitely recall. Everyone kind of did it. Um, I, I think further, furthermore, like to, to kind of go back to that idea of like a lot of the exploiting uh, popular children's IPs for stuff. We, we did the, the specific video that got them over a million views was called Bratz Meets Barbie. Um, yep. And this is like, I guess like it was probably timely and contextual because around about this time, I think there was a there was a lawsuit between Mattel and whatever company does Bratz dolls. But so like you're kind of exploiting a lot of like childhood product rivalries there mm. and I, I guess like yeah it just very pointy interview at such a young age <laughs> well well it was dad's idea that's that's the uh, thing yeah but that's so funny that, that he that- chose brat dolls as well because brat dolls are essentially e-girls but like 15 years before <laughs> <laughs> prove me wrong prove me wrong boys yeah no no i, I couldn't i couldn't but <laughs> I think this was also kind of around about the time when when they started popularizing a lot of animated films based on like on those toys. So there was a lot of I guess there was and I guess I guess there was there a must lot of Barbie been, movies around that time. Yeah, yeah. Pe- people were starting movies. to look that stuff up on the internet. Like you have YouTube and you start looking up everything there. Uh, so that came up a lot. So yeah, I, I edited a lot of videos based on that, um, and that kind of introduced me to the kind of video editors similar to uh, similar to like. Final Cut Pro uh, 7, which I would use back then, and then later pre- uh, Premiere. Premier, so, the, those yeah. those were the kind of programs I was getting used to. We got real excited when um when when this program <laughs> included stuff to do with green screen effects. Mm. So, we were, we were screwing around with that back then too. Uh, the other one was I used to do a lot of stop motion animation. I think this might have been a little bit later on. So, I'd, I'd start doing animation stuff. Uh, and between the two, that kind of... I think that that got me used to the tools. Uh, it certainly didn't give me much of an idea in terms of style. So then it wasn't kind of until a bit later in high school, um, I guess like around about the time I started hanging out with you guys, um, mm-hmm. we I got more introduced to like film style, pacing. There was someone from high school, um, Alex Kennedy, um, mm. who I made a ledge, one or two films with him. And I think, he kind of introduced me a lot to style. Mm-hmm. And then, like, how do you like make something fun? He um, had a, yeah. definitely had he he definitely understood style when it came mm. to making movies. Absolutely, incredible. Shout out to stylish by, man like, Alex Edgar, Kennedy. Uh, Edgar Wright was like I know someone he looked particularly up to. I also remember him and I like part, like spearheading like the Breaking Bad culture, like <laughs> like getting everybody into that show. Mm. Was like, yeah, 
<laughs> around the school and like it was around the times of like the episodes were coming out weekly so we'd like we'd have like this little club of people that would just get together and be like have you seen a new episode yet have you seen a new episode yet um actually speaking of the stop motion stuff ariel i wanted to ask you i actually got recommended a video um recently and it was about someone who like created some script or like plugin um for stop motion that yeah. can basically turn your however many frames yeah, that, into like it's yeah it was like that's, smoother. That's I've, I've I've seen that. That's yeah. funny because when you were telling that story, I was actually going to ask, would you guys want to do a stop motion music video sometime? Dude, th- this is oh, I don't I feel like I don't want to reveal this because you know what? Screw it. Like we've already we've already like it's laid called, down it's the gauntlet on this it's one. It's foreshadowing. <laughs> but like yeah. I remember back back a year ago, and I wish I really wish I'd just done it but i think sal challenged me to make a lego stop motion of the um oh the Wind Waker sitch video. video the sitch yeah. yeah yeah and i had all these ideas of how i'd make it like literally to the point of i don't know if you guys ever watch thunderbirds yeah 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 you know how sometimes they do a close-up of hands doing stuff yeah, okay. and and literally yeah. it's someone with a rubber glove over their over their arm <laughs> i was literally thinking of dumb stuff like creating like like doing doing like i wanted to do like a like a stop motion analog of the video um, but yeah. then do stuff like I know there's there's a specific shot of you putting the keys into the ignition of a car. Yeah. And just building like a comical like Lego hand do that. So I had, <laughs> had all these ideas of wanting to do that. So uh, believe me, I, I'm very much into the idea of doing a stop motion video. Would and you want to do it in totally- the style of, of I was going to say, would you, would you want to do it in Lego or would you want to make it like. I think Lego you know, might sue us if we do that. <laughs> no, no. If anything, Lego is. I don't know, but Lego's been pretty receptive of that kind of stuff. I think they'd yeah. be more offended if you do something like actually kind of offensive with Lego, like war-related yeah. stuff. But even then, I, I don't know how protective they are of, of that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, you think about you know, what about isn't there um isn't there an Ed Sheeran video that's like centered around Lego? I think so. Yeah, some. But I feel like, like that might have been a paid collaboration. You know, we are not Ed Sheeran. <laughs> we we can't pull that rank. <laughs> but the the other option, of course, is like there's so many other dumb things we can do in stop motion. Uh, clay is a good one, and that that's I guess if you want to. I was going to say clay. Yeah, if you want to go for like some more grotesque stuff, clay is definitely the way to go. Lee Hardcastle, uh, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Pingu is the thing. <laughs> so you know, that what? was like very speaking hot. speaking of like litigation and such. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I said he where he had to re. He's, I think he's redone the thing on his he channel did, like yeah he did it three with cats. or four times. Yeah, he did it with cats, and he did it with a different um like probably some other pop culture character as well. Mm. He's done it like with a few a few different times. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Lee Highcastle's awesome. I remember, the, I remember you showing me that. I think yeah yeah. Uh, with the different animation styles for music videos, it's funny. There's a there's an old Fallout Boy music video for their song "The Carpal Tunnel of Love." I'm not sure yep. if you guys have seen that music video. Yeah, with the Happy Tree Friends. Yeah, yeah. The guys that did Happy Tree Friends animated it and it was just it was just like Happy Tree Friends characters getting absolutely gored and Fallout Boy appeared in there briefly as Happy Tree Friends characters and then got fucked up. And it made me think like it's made me think since I've seen it for years now, um, how cool it would be to get like, you know, uh, the animator from one of my favorite cartoons to come in and do a music video for, you know, like for Reside or something mm. like that. Mm. And yeah. the ones that have... Cr- Ones that have crossed my mind, actually, that this is this is a question for both of you. Any animators cross your mind immediately? And the two that cross my mind are 
uh, the guys that animate regular show. I'm not sure if JG Quintal animates that or if he just voices it, but mm-hmm. uh, regular show animators. Or, of course, Liam, you know I'm going to go there again. Matt and yep. Trey from South Park. Uh-huh. Mm. <clears throat> um, I was going to go down the, um, what's his name, Pendleton, uh, the, the, the person who does uh, Adventure Time. Oh, uh, like, yeah. And Midnight, and Midnight Gospel. Like, I, don't know, I don't know his like, name, but yeah, I know the, un- I know actually, the animator. Actually, you, know, yeah. you, you know what? One that might like that I'd love to get fucking get Michael Cusack to do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that'd be sick. That'd be so good. Mm. I feel let's like ma- that let's, fit- let's manifest that. I feel like that'd fit Dune Rat's branding more than it would, would ours, but also it'd be just like it just fucking it'd be so good. Mm. That'd be so good. <laughs> oh man. Ariel, I'm, any animators? About that. No, I don't honestly not gonna think of. Um I just I'm just not too familiar with it, unfortunately. I do remember, though, Liam, there was one time where you and I, we went on a binge. Not a binge, but we started, like, looking up stuff with music oh, videos. And chick. we came across yeah, this yeah, yeah. one director who who just seemed to have directed all of these videos that, like, these massive music videos. And it's yeah. one woman who's directed all of them. Yeah. I. Oh, my God. I think it was it the chick who did the Blur video. Was it Blur that? I can't remember who it was. She did, like, she did in, like, heaps of them. Yeah. And it was like a, a career of like 20 years plus. Like yeah, easy. M- oh, m- more than that even. It, more it than was that, like 30. Crazy just how long that she'd had her fingers in this it, it, on like all over. <laughs> she, yeah. And it was like, you <laughs> name an iconic far. video, Dylan, and yeah. she's probably directed it. It was insane. Really? I can't remember the name of her and I'm going to have to like, oh, no, it was the person who did the Weezer videos. That's right, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That because Dylan right. Dylan had a video oh, that he wanted. To, yeah. yeah, I would. You, I totally wanted to rip off "Say It Ain't So." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She she directed it, and I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna get it up right now, actually, um, and find out who this chick is because now that actually gives me like a quick way of searching it. Um, that's crazy. That's yeah. that's so funny. There's those there's some very specific shots in that "Say It Ain't So" video where I'm just like, holy fuck, this is like. Uh, you know, subtle, understated, really, really fucking good music video that probably deserves like a bit more credit than it got. Well, it probably does. Like she, she's won numerous awards for her work. That that was what stood out to Liam and I when we when Sophie we started looking M- this stuff Muller. up. Sophie Muller. Uh, I don't know if it's Muller or Mueller, but it's Sophie Muller. She did all the Eurythmics videos like Ooh. in the eighties. Um. It's a long did, career. Uh, like pretty much every Annie Lennox song. Uh, she's done Bjork. She did uh, The Cures, The 13th. She's done No Doubts, Don't Speak. Um, and like a bunch of other No Doubt songs. She did Song 2 by The Blur. Mm. Um, she did... Uh, she did... Yeah, another more Blur. Uh, Sinead O'Connor. That's uh, a huge career. I, what else did she do? Liam's barely yeah. halfway through it. Yeah, exactly. I only I've only just gone through the eighties and the nineties. This like the two thousands have got like Coldplay. Um what else? Dolly Parton, The Killers, Mr. Brightside, Maroon Five, This Love, and She Will Be Loved. Um, peak Peak Era Maroon Five. I will not hear yeah. a- anyone after that album, it was all dog shit, but that song's about Jane album. Oh, that's fucking fire. It's a good album. I remember we were blasting that at, uh, in, uh, where was Armadale? Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. the night I did the fire breathing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Fun memories. Crazy. Um, yeah, she's and she's still making videos. Like today, she did. She's done two Selena Gomez videos uh, this year and two Kylie Minogue videos this year. All right, she's Sophie like, Muller. I know yeah. you're listening, and yes, we will work with you. I know that you've probably been keeping tabs, <laughs> and you're thinking, "Fuck, these guys are these guys are hot shit right now." And you're absolutely right. So yes, we will work with you, and we'll even shout. You know, paying for the for the space that we shoot. You know, we'll shout all that. We'll maybe give you a dinner as well, and you know, it's on us. It's totally free of charge. <laughs> <laughs> she did the Grace Kelly by Mika video. Oh no way! Yeah, um, that is a fucking else? that is a long ass career from the fucking eighties, dude. First video was the Eurythmics, the Walk in nineteen eighty two. Anyway, this isn't. I don't know why we're. T- <laughs> <laughs> that's that's crazy long career. That's like that's a really really and like a respectable repertoire as well. Holy shit! Mm. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of people in here, and yeah, still relevant. So. Not that I yeah, know anyway. shit about music video directors outside of the local scene, but like, you know, that's like, okay, now that I know her name, she's probably the best music video director I've heard of. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if right. I was to pick so- a director that that's to work with, that's that's the one that that's I'd, a- just, I'd be so interested in her insight. I actually watched that. I watched that Tame Impala video that you kept recommending me. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, finally. Like, I, I mean, it was a little while ago now, but I uh, mm. I remember for ages you were like, oh, you got to watch the video. You got to watch the video. It's really cool. It's really cool. Actually, yeah, I really did enjoy it. The cool thing that I found about it is that it's a nice little spin on the one take type videos. Um, yeah. The, the thing that I tend to find that's boring about one take videos, and yes, we've absolutely done that ourselves before. Yeah. Um, and we're going to do them again. The, oh, yes. Guaranteed. The thing Lost that, in Yesterday f- was a song. Lost in yesterday. There you go. Uh, the thing that's frustrating about them a lot of the time is that they can be a little monotonous because there's not a whole heap of scene change. There's not a whole heap of development. And mm. because this video literally does set changes and they, what's really cool about it is that the set changes are predictable. So, you know to look out for them, um, mm-hmm. which is they're like, you know, sometimes it's bad to telegraph things to audiences. But I suppose when you've got such a short time format- it's like a music video. It, it's it's hard to avoid telegraphing that, hey, you've got to look out for things that are changing. And particularly as well, because they're asking you to see things that are changing, they ask you to notice the things that happen in the video as they go looping around the room. And each time they loop around, it changes to a, to a different era and the kind of relationships between the people in the scene changes, um, which is really mm-hmm. nice. It also, it's not super focused on the band, which is uh, like a good thing as well in some ways, because it lets the music video be its own thing. Yeah, exactly. I, I like the little like vignettes that occur in that video, you know, like yeah. all the, uh, like every single, uh, like I think they introduce probably like eight different little vignette stories and they kind of just, they develop over the course of the, the, uh, the video. The other one actually, that, um, that's a, a one take video that I'll send to you, Ariel. It's, um, this slow tie featuring James Blake song. I can't remember the title of it, but it's really, really new. And it does this one take video, and it's set in um, set in a hospital, and it, it's it's really weird. Like mm. basically, like the transfer of like I mean, you can see how they stitch it together, but like you know, the transferring of like the the woman's pregnant in the hospital, and then it then it switches to like the the husband or the part the partner then becomes pregnant, and then like they're diving into like the fetus, but it turns into cake. 
and they're eating like okay it's really bizarre okay I'll geez, just send yeah. it to you. I, can't, I can't remember the name of the song but uh it's uh slow tie featuring uh james blake i was on the uh i was on the phone to ariel the other day <clears throat> and he was telling me that he'd been getting real into those okay go videos as well mm. really yeah, speaking and- of more one take stuff yeah, and they're fucking great. And I, uh, I asked him if he checked out the documentary on their zero G, um, their zero G music video. Have you seen that yet? No, I still need to go watch it. It's. I didn't even know they did a zero G video. It's. It is. You know, spoiler, spoiler. If you plan on watching the doco, but you know, anyway. Uh, so they wanted to do a zero G music video, but the uh, sort of the way that the the parabola that the plane sort of has to take, uh you know, only allows for 30 seconds of zero G at a time. So what they had to do was they had to uh, orchestrate that while they were in zero G, they'd have the song playing. I think it was uh, the speed was ramped up so they'd cover more of the song in their zero G uh, areas. And that so that it was also divisible by 30 seconds so that the song would end right on a 30 second mark and they could, you know, things could sort of fall out of the sky. But they'd have to do the 30 seconds of the song while filming in that zero G and then take their places, be back in like normal gravity. They'd speed ramp the footage between A and B and then it would go back to zero G again. So it was still all one take, but they had to just sort of sit, you know, kind of still between these takes. And it was like, they did, they did quite a few takes. The, or, the amount of orchestration that is required for something like that, like, Mm. Holy fuck. Yeah, I look at our DIY videos and I'm like, you know, sometimes I'm the, the most actually the most production value that we've had on a video was the replace me one because we got uh Tavis and his crew in to do that. And even that I was like, holy shit, there's a fair bit of fucking orchestration going on right now. And then I looked at that yeah. documentary. Jesus Christ, it completely blew my fucking mind about what was capable in in a music video, but how much like meticulous attention to detail it also requires. Absolutely. The the, the amount of work they put into their videos is incredible. Uh, and, and it pays it's, off. It's nice that, they can, that they've can that they kind of established that as sort of their personality because clearly they enjoy making videos like that. Mm. Like oh, the yeah. amount of creativity they display, I, I, obviously I, I'm not actually sure to what to what extent they're, they're involved with the inception and production of those videos. But if, if quite, a, quite a bit, actually, I think the doco shines yeah. some light on that and they're actually quite on ground level with the video ideas and they need a crew that can like execute their ideas. Did, did they go on record and say that, like, the point of their band is to just make, like, experiment with, like, videos? Is that, like... I'm not a big enough fan to answer that question. I wasn't sure. I, like, I feel like I get that vibe from them, but I, I don't know if I've actually directly heard, like, whether or not they... That was their intention of the band, of whether or not they... You know, it's <laughs> it, it's purely just so we can display these videos, like, showcase How can we videos. consistently get work making music videos? How can we make sure that we just... Every time that there's a music video that needs to be done for a band, we're the ones to do it? Well, what if we were the band, man? <laughs> hey, what do you think I'm doing here? Yeah, yeah exactly. This is, Reside is just an excuse for Ariel to flex his fucking mad vid skills. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll, I'll say blush. on record, I'll say on record that I, I want the Reside like platform to expand into into video, and you know, I, I mean, I know we wanted to we want to do lots of different things as well. Mm. So I, I I could definitely see us being a. I mean, we are we are a band that does that. To be we are a band that does that. Like, Even in our like we, video promotions and like our little skits and stuff like that, it's great. It's like we've used the band as more than a platform for just music, and it's like that's like that's the best case scenario for someone like me. I just want the one space where I can come in and any dumb fucking creative little idea I've got, 
I can just bring it to the table and it's, you know, it's not like you guys are going to turn around and be like, no, we're just a band. You guys are probably going to be like, not what well, this podcast, a shining example. For a while I was yeah. saying to Liam, yeah, we should do a fucking podcast. It's interesting when we talk. And then Liam was like, yeah, let's do it for the band. Now we're here. <laughs> that's why reside is a terrific platform that's why i love being a part of it yeah totally. we just have like the there's the ideas and then there's the people that help execute those ideas you know we i mean I, we said it we we did interviews this week and you know I, I think we said it a lot of a lot of the times you know ariel yourself like yourself and like liam davidson i think you two are really great at when we pitch an idea to you guys to that you guys like pretty much nail it every time <laughs> yeah there's there's often a way to produce a video i there, there, there is certainly something to be said about getting a better idea on how to understand the scope of a video and, and perhaps realizing mm. that those ideas you thought were simple might not have been so simple because yeah, particularly in the last video that we, that we made, uh, I, I feel like I did partially make a mistake in like, I, I feel like it, the, the mistake was definitely made in thinking that it was going to be easy to produce. And we were lucky in some ways that that we were <laughs> that we were forced to produce it over a much larger time scale than when we've produced previous videos. Uh, mm. Well, or, or to 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 keep it in pre-production for a lot longer than we normally do, because that did allow us time to really flesh out exactly how we'd approach the video. And even then, even then, the actual post-production process still deviated from what we thought it would be. The, the actual mm. outcome of the video was not how we planned it. That's the beauty of someone like Ariel, though, is that even when it's fucking up, you'll just fucking get it done. <laughs> well, and that's exactly right. Like, I still think the video looks exactly how I had it envisioned it anyway. It's a, it's a testament to you two. Looks better than, like, my sort of, like, internal vision when we were first discussing the very basic fundamentals of the video. We were like, yeah, we'll do it like this. And I kind of... I had a vision, and it was, you know, like... Not like a, you know, a hallucination, but like, you know, I had a picture in my head of what it was going to look like. And I thought, yeah, that looks pretty good. And then you came out with this and fucking blew my dick off, man. Oh. <laughs> I would say that with with a lot of it, while while you certainly face changes, challenges, and you have to make a lot of compromise when you're producing these, at least for me, the process when I'm making these is that I need to be able to imagine how I will actually first film the video and then actually edit it. And and it's a bit different to saying like, well, I know an effect is possible as opposed to I understand precisely the steps that I want to take to produce that effect. It's why we haven't like, while I'd love to start fucking with like some more advanced CGI um, or just like more crazy effects, you start to rub up against the, like the, the, the amount of heavy artistry that might be necessary um, mm-hmm. or like yeah, I I I think that actually is the, is the the core of it for me is that the amount of heavy artistry that's needed for a lot more advanced effects, uh, like uh, I can think of the the Akadama video for Alpha Wolf, yeah, where the effects that they've done in the video are not necessarily that difficult. Uh, I think that the the hardest like the most difficult effects that they do in there are to do with a lot of face tracking, and that's not particularly hard. What what's hard is the amount of creativity. And then following that creativity, the amount of artistic talent that they can apply to mm. those effects. Because ultimately, most 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 effects are simple tricks. Um, and if you can't do the, the effect perfectly, you can fake it pretty well. Uh, there's, there's ways to take shortcuts. Mm. But unless you've got a really good idea of 
how you want to produce these things from an artistic perspective, which is something I often find I have difficulty with, um, your product won't be as good or you just won't be able to achieve what you what you see in your mind. Um, for me, I can see a lot where how I can approach things technically. Like, thankfully, producing our last music video was a lot easier because the effects are very procedural and based off of the footage as opposed to having to really go and dive in. Because mm. it's just like, oh, cool, the, the, footage, the footage just repeats itself or, or creates ghosts like that's that's yeah. an easy drop and drag effect um i was lucky this time because what was different was i did get to try some of that like some attempts at trying to introduce artistry like selectively picking out where i wanted those effects to appear uh actually compositing images in different ways not not advanced effects um which is why it's like more important to see that like there is a huge amount of like practice that has to be put into it. And that's what I'd love to focus on in the future. I think you're selling yourself a bit short there, mate. I've always thought you were pretty artistic. Oh, cheers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I try, I try. I, I, think, I, I, I think what I can get from what you're saying is a shit idea is going to look like shit. And you, you can execute upon the same, like, the same idea in a lot of different ways and get a lot of different results, but... Getting there technically, you don't need to necessarily know a lot or have to do extremely complex things. They can just be a good idea to begin with. Yeah, you put that yeah. Into, um, into the perfect terminology for me to understand. A shit idea is going to be shit. That's something that my brain can grasp. I was like, yep, that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> and, and that's that's honestly something that, that, that really propagates to multiple areas. It doesn't matter how good your tools are. It is really based on how you can use them. Now, mind you, try to get the best tools you can get your hands on um, and that you have some experience with. Um, it, it's but, not the size of the boat, it's the motion of the ocean and the experience of the sailor. You know what I mean? <laughs> those, those words aren't a joke. <laughs> like, honestly, honestly, it's not a joke. Carp, damn. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's real, though. You... you you can't you can't reasonably expect to something to to get something great uh, just when you're focused on like make getting the crispest image or you know the, mm. the nice like the the cleanest sounding audio. Um, you you at the end you do kind of have to rely on like some art form to back it up. I know yeah, you that's... said those words aren't a joke, but you guys really need to check out a Facebook page called Four Inches Is Average because. <laughs> <laughs> Just by the name in itself. It's just a little side note. Uh, I might go to that page when I need a bit of self-confidence. <laughs> that seems like a perfect place to wrap. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No. But it probably is a perfect place to wrap up, but here's a little extra content for you is that my brother once asked me, hey, man, can you help me out with my Tinder bio? And I said, of course. And of course, the first thing I put in his Tinder bio was four inches is average, and I left it there. And I was like, how long is it going to take him to see this? <laughs> Fuck. Uh, and on that uh, note, I reckon, yep, it's about time we wrap it up. We're all getting the sleepies yeah. a bit. <laughs> oh, definitely. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. Thanks for talking shit, Ari. Mm, oh, always, anytime, anytime. Awesome. Well, uh, so you guys have been listening to uh, the Pretty Good Thanks podcast. I have been Liam, and you will still remain to be Dylan. I'll remain to be Dylan, and we'll see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> oh, so what? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah.